Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to the Locked On Bama podcast. Luke Robinson, that's me, along with Jimmy Stein. That's, that's me. him. Jimmy, that's how are you me. today? Good, good. It's uh, not only uh, middle of the week of Arkansas week, middle of the week of homecoming week, it's uh, Eric Gilbert uh, Commitment Day, which is sort of a huge deal because should he commit to Alabama, and, and, and we don't know that, but should he commit to Alabama, uh, in my opinion, he would be the best. He would be the best of our, I guess he'd give us about number, I think he'd be about number 24. And he would be the best, which is saying quite a bit because several kids committed to Alabama in the 2020 signing class are extremely good, like Bryce Young, like Drew Sanders, like Chris Braswell, like Quindaris Robinson. Um, uh, I would put Eric Gilbert at the very top of in terms of like, a list of who are the most talented kids that have committed to Alabama in this group. So it's a really big deal uh, later today, tonight, early this evening, when he makes his announcement that will be either Alabama or his home state Georgia Bulldog team. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that Eric Gilbert needs to report to the dance floor because he is a freakazoid. Um <laughs> Not most people that listen to this podcast may not get that reference, but uh, anyway, I, I, he is probably he might be my favorite recruit in this whole class. He's disgustingly good. They they it's almost criminal how much he's underused in this high school system. But you know you don't want to say too much about that because in the last game, uh, a report we got from the last game that he played in. He was only targeted a couple of times, had two catches for like 30 yards or something like that. And, I mean, I think if you have a guy like him, you just get him the ball every time you can possibly do it. Um, he's 6'5", 253, and that may be shorting him an inch and being light by about 10 pounds. I mean, he's built like LeBron James. He's got that V cut. You know, he's got a, he cannot just get a suit off the rack. He's got to go somewhere special to get his suits. You know, uh, I think it's, it's even he is so gifted athletically and physically, it's very difficult uh, finding a, a comparison. Um, O.J. Howard would be the closest thing to it in terms of I think O.J. and I said this coming out of high school. I think O.J. was a legitimate five star. I mean, in terms of you just don't find tight ends that ha that bring all to the table that he did. And uh, so I think he was completely legitimate as a uh, as a five star prospect. Uh, now you're talking about a kid, you know, several years later. Here we are, six years later, coming out of high school, and Gilbert sort of matches OJ across the board, except he's bigger. He's bigger. Yeah. It took OJ. It took OJ two years uh, at, at Alabama before he was as big as this kid is now. So here is a bigger OJ Howard, in my opinion. Uh, other than the fact he's bigger, he's very similar. Obviously, he's not quite as fast as OJ, but how can you be at 250 pounds in high school? Uh, so maybe not quite as fast, but the hands are there. The ball skills, I think, are there. At least the ball skills are similar to OJ's ball skill level. So uh, I think Eric Gilbert, I mean, the best, biggest compliment I can give him is he is a totally legitimate five-star I am the type of uh, evaluator. I don't like handing out a bunch of five stars. Now, I, I do believe that there should be 30 to 35 five stars every year. I think the top 30 guys in America 
uh, should all be five stars uh, because it's not like, you know, it's comparable to the draft. It's funny to me. Some people take the position that, you know, even though they model the star system after the draft, some years there aren't 32 kids good enough to be first round picks. Sometimes, you know, there's not enough kids or sometimes maybe there might be 45 kids that good and they should all get five stars. Well, my comeback to that is they don't change the number of first round picks in the draft every year. I mean, it stays static. The the top 32 guys get drafted into the first round and are treated and paid like first rounders. So I don't understand why people think that uh, the high school ranking should be any different. But anyway, what I'm saying is Gilbert is he's a five star and and I'm stingy with him. I'm like, there are too many kids that, that we put that label on them, but really there's only 30 or 32. And he is definitely one of those 32. In fact, I would imagine if I sat down and ranked them all out, he, he, he would he would belong in the top 10. And tight end isn't exactly the most high-value position in the sport, but I would still put him in the top 10. So that's that's how good this guy is. It would be a big deal for Alabama to get him because that means he doesn't play for Georgia. Uh, you know, So it's kind of a zero-sum game where we get our tight end and Georgia doesn't have him. On the other hand, Georgia leads for the other – five-star freak tight end in this class. Darnell Washington out of Las Vegas uh, is, is the equal of Eric Gilbert, and uh, he's leaning to Georgia. But I think Gilbert's picking Alabama today, but that is a guess. on this kid for two years uh he's from marietta he's not far from athens at all it's it it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone if he picks georgia at the end but i believe it's alabama i think it is too and i he's instantly going to become my favorite player in this class and if he does commit according to the class calculator on 24 7 sports alabama would take over the number one ranking in terms of uh the the class rankings and then you talk about uh zach evans was on campus this past weekend the number one running back in the country now you and i both have our reservations about him there's no there's no questioning the talent but it's the off-field stuff and the uh, you know just some issues team issues that he's had perhaps and sort of the wishy-washiness of his recruitment that has you know, some question marks out there. But if Nick Saban feels comfortable with him and we want to take his commitment, I'll certainly be thrilled. I mean, and then Alabama would take a commanding lead in the uh, in the class rankings. Now, I don't necessarily know if, if there's a Zach Evans commitment that's uh, imminent, but, um, you know, he would be a good one to get. There's no doubt about it. Well, you said we have some reservations, and that's probably because of, you know, just rumors out there that this kid is off the reservation. That would be – that would be why it's it's not athletically Dutch. at least not for me. <laughs> exactly, uh, athletically I have none, no reservations myself. Although some people that are pretty good at pretty good at evaluating high school running backs uh, put the brakes on a little bit and say, whoa, 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 I'm not so sure how this might translate to college. Or personally, I don't. I, I think athletically this is a truly big time kid, but. Hey, you just got to get your act together. I mean, I, I don't know that he was suspended from games in high school this season. I don't know because we sort of 
stopped keeping up with his recruitment week to week like we were at one point. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there were rumors that he was going to be suspended. That's never good. When you're talking about the best high school running back in the country, do you know how hard it is to get suspended from your high school team? Oh, it's God. not like it's not like you have a backup. It's not like it's not like your rock band is about to take the stage in front of 25,000 people and the drummer was late to practice. So you're like, OK, we're going to suspend you and the roadie drummer. We're going to use him today. No, that's that's not how that works. There is no replacement for the best. <laughs> There's just no replacement. So if you are suspending your five-star running back, there's probably a really good reason for that. You have no choice but to do it. So maybe the kid has to mature a little. Hell, we're uh, we're in our 40s and we need to mature a little bit. So so I'm not throwing stones there. Uh, I'm just saying that at one point we were going to get Zach, then we weren't going to take Zach, and then it looked like we were going to get him again, then we weren't going to take him again, and then when I thought it was all over, now he's back on campus. So I don't know what the heck's going on. I just know athletically he's a gifted kid. And, uh, and Nick Saban, if, <laughs> hey, if Nick hasn't earned rope when it comes to this, uh, I don't know who has. Nick has turned a lot of kids around who, who sort of needed a, a disciplinary uh, figure in their lives. And uh, the kid would probably have just as good of a chance with Nick Saban as he'd have with anybody. No, I think normally to be when you're that good to be kicked off your high school team or even be suspended for a quarter, you'd have to be – jaywalking after kidnapping the Lindbergh baby while you were ripping the tag off your mattress and video recording a, a major league baseball game without written consent. I mean, you'd have to be doing a lot of things to, to get kicked off a high school team at, when you're that good. If you're not any good, I mean, look, all you got to do is sneeze and be like, you know what, get out of here. Sniffle. I can hear that list. I can hear that list being read out by the principal and his head football coach going, well, see, these are allegations. No, are you going, you know what? Well, I never liked that Lindbergh maybe anyway. Um, (laughs) We're going to convict this kid without a trial? Yeah, that's right, man. Listen, I think we should have a trial on Saturday morning after the game. Uh, Exactly. So he'd be a good pickup. And then we've got uh, Rakeem Jarrett is coming onto campus this weekend, along with our first little basketball deal, um, some big – potential commitments in basketball will be in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Well, look at Nate Oates doing work. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's good news all the way around. Now, Rakeem Jarrett, Alabama's get in pretty good shape for about four or five, what I would call national elite receivers between Rakeem Jarrett, the Boutte kid that we enjoy talking about all the time, uh, a couple from Florida like Henderson and Smith. Uh, you know, there, there's a handful of big-time receivers out there Alabama's in on. But if I had my druthers to steal uh, Gene Stallings' vernacular, if I had my druthers, I would uh, I would take Rakeem Jarrett over all of them. Uh, that would be a big deal to pair Rakeem Jarrett with uh, Alabama incoming quarterback Bryce Young. Uh, that would be a big deal. So uh, let's hope this happens. Uh, I don't know anything about the basketball players coming in, though. Why don't you educate uh, me and uh, – the uh, loyal listeners have locked on Bama with uh, what basketball visitors we have. Well, I know the the biggest one apparently is Isaiah Jackson out Ooh. of Michigan and Alabama yeah. just picked up a crystal ball for him, for those who follow 24 seven sports uh, from Jerry Meyer, who is the lead basketball oh recruiter for 24 seven. So I'd say that's wow. pretty damn good news. That's a big deal. Two big deals right there. Isaiah Jackson, one of the, a national elite prospect, no doubt. And Jerry Meyer, 
uh, descending from the mount with his crystal ball pick is what I would say. I mean, that's a, a big deal. Uh, a big deal for, for to, to, to hear from Jerry Myers crystal balls. It's a big deal. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, really. That's that's very exciting. Now, I'm not I said two, but I think it, there may be another one. I just don't have okay. that in front of me. Well, but, let's not uh, be greedy. That's the big, no, it's not. He's the number 25 player in the country. And then uh, Namari Burnett. Burnett yes. is uh, yeah. obviously been been crystal ball to Alabama too, so it could be two potential five stars in this class, which would be absolutely amazing. And well, what's um, amazing you know, is we, of where they're from, where they're from. I mean, that's what where yeah. we have to where we have to say it's historically a big deal when Alabama has signed five stars in the past, and believe it or not, it's happened. People, Alabama has landed five, five star players in the past, but they are almost always, and when I say always pretty much without exception, an in-state kid, a kid from Alabama, from Birmingham or Huntsville or, or some tiny town and from Childersburg or some tiny town in Alabama, or sometimes an adjoining state, be it a, a James Robinson or a Mo Williams from Jackson or some big time kid from Memphis or Atlanta, you know, an adjoining state that even though they're not in-state, they're a three or four or five hour car ride away, Quitman, Mississippi, uh, you know that that we, we we've gotten five stars in the past from those those locales, but if Alabama lands five stars from Michigan, from Illinois, that means it's a new day. It's it's a new day. It's it's, it's a brand new in the history of the sport at Alabama. So, wow, that'd be a big deal. That's Nate Oates doing work right there. And and Nate Oates busting out the plaid jacket the other night for the first practice was huge. And then, of course, Alabama did have a scrimmage in basketball against Jacksonville State, who embarrassed the Tide last year by about 30 points. Um, and Alabama did win this year, so, I mean, that's positive. They also played without uh, Beetle Bolden and without uh, Javon Quinterly. And you know what? Quinterly also had the internet in an uproar for about 10 minutes when he tweeted, let's go, and he spelled – Let's go like L E H with a million S's and then G O O O O. Uh, so I'm trying to speak millennial here, I'm not real good at it, but uh, he and so I think everybody initially thought, Oh my god, he got his waiver ends cleared. Up he's, he's good to go. Him as not, ends up some hot chick just gave him her digits. Now, yeah, I'm it guessing. turns out, yeah, no, it turns out he got. Uh, five more Marriott points than he thought he did on his last stay. That's all it was. Um, no, he, I don't know what it was. He, he said he actually had to tweet, Hey guys, I don't have a waiver yet. Um, I don't, I just had a good day. I mean, I'm sorry. Isn't it so funny how thankfully I, I mean, I knew about what you're talking about. I knew that that happened. Thankfully, thankfully I found out about it happening after it had been cleared up that he wasn't talking about a waiver, but, but it, it, it is so funny how in this modern social media age, we hang on the every word of 19 year olds. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. their words are very difficult for us to interpret, but we make like the other day, I mean, just, just, and I do it myself. Like the other day, I follow a lot of our, our football players on Instagram. And uh, there was, there was a post by Xavier McKinney, uh, who just posted basically a selfie of himself with the caption, uh, putting my, putting my family on my back. And I'm like, Oh, well, he's going pro early. And there's no, 
there's no there's no evidence that that's what that means at all or that was even a thought within a hundred square miles of his head when he posted that but you know that's what i have to go on that's what i have to go on is an instagram picture caption so you know you, you show me one innocuous thing and i'm gonna you know make a make a novel out of it but it, it is funny how we we all do that as uh, as fans now it, it really is funny because i'm sure quinterly was like i know that i understand why y'all jump to this conclusion because y'all think about this all the time and he's probably like I'm, i don't even think thinking, about me all the time <laughs> i don't even think about me all the time Y'all are literally hampering our economy because you're less productive at work, wondering about my waiver. And I'm just really happy that I got a kick-ass parking space at the wreck. That's what that tweet was about, guys. He's he's like, you know how y'all think about sports every minute of every hour that you're awake? I actually think of other things occasionally food sleep <laughs> well it's tuscaloosa but oh speaking of that the weather uh it looks a little cooler this upcoming weekend about the first uh, weather forecast for arkansas uh decreasing rain chances decreasing rain chances but gonna be a little cool for homecoming all right i've got to look up I'm, this is going to be breaking news as i'm looking up my trusty old apple weather app um, for Tuscaloosa on Saturday, I'm seeing Saturday rainy 72.57. Well, that's then that would be in the probably in the low 60s, high 50s. Yeah, definitely cooler. Yeah. And it would suck, 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 suck if uh, if it were raining because I don't, I, I need Mac. Jo- I personally need it. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I need to see Mac Jones sling the ball around the yard a little bit, get some target practice in, as I've been mentioning, and prove to yeah. himself, to us as fans, because you know, here's the here's what the folks at Alabama and and really how selfish Tua is being here with his ankle. He's not even thinking about how much angst we're going to go through these two weeks in between one, you know, in between Arkansas and LSU trying to wonder if he's going to be healthy. I just can't believe Tua is that selfish. Well, you know, he's, (laughs) he's slinging pineapples right in our noggins. (laughs) He is. I mean, (laughs) you know, what what did we do to deserve this? I feel like we sing a song about that. Yeah. Tua football is supposed to be fun. And look what you're doing to us. So, yeah. Yeah, you and Javon Quinterly, too. Quit tweeting stuff that's not about things I think about. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, you know, one thing I've noticed, and we talked about this a little bit before on previous podcasts, but there's there's too much negativity about Mac Jones out there. And, and I'm not here to tell you guys that uh, watch out Joe Burrow. Here comes the new, uh, the, the new Mr. Heisman. But there's too much negativity. Mac Jones has looked really good. Uh, I think it was two A days ago. He's practically the MVP, practically the MVP of A day, two A days ago. Uh, smart kid. He knows the offense. I doubt. I can tell you this when Sark and him sat down and game plan this game out and had meetings, watching film, Sark didn't have to explain to him what various terminology means. I mean, Mac knows the offense. Um, he's ready for this, he's mature. Uh, you know, I guess where people get is he's just not physically, you know, he's not the biggest kid. He's not the fastest kid. He wasn't a five star. So that's all some fans need to hear to just write him off. But 
let's give uh, let's give Mac a, a chance here. I, I think I think he'll do well uh, as long as we set the expectations at something reasonable. If we're expecting him to replace two as numbers, well, those people are going to be disappointed with every sporting thing in their lives because that's just that's just not going to happen. But but uh, I'm expecting Mac to play pretty well Saturday. Now I am too, but. I understand where people are coming from because it is, it's like you've been dating a gymnast playmate and then you end up dating a woman who's an incredible cook. She's very good looking and you have a lot in common, but man, you can't quit thinking about that gymnast playmate, man. That was was a lot of fun. And, And now you've got, I mean, you're like, yeah, this food's great. And I appreciate my stable home. And I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about you staying out all night or any of that. I mean, you're a wonderful woman, but man, when times were good, they were good with that gymnast playmate. You, and, just, uh, you just compared Tua Tungovaloa to Carrie Strug. Well, I guess you uh, wasn't a playmate, but she was a gymnast she with a bad ankle. No, I think Sarah, I think your girl Sarah Jean Underwood is a better example. <laughs> He's a combination you, you trade- of Carrie Strug and Sarah Jean Underwood. Yeah, that's that's Carrie Strug's the girl that with fair. the bad ankle, right? With the broken ankle, how she uh she uh did the uh the Olympic thing where she had the bad ankle and, and then she went on the, uh, the, 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 the vault and she did her vault and she landed on that bad ankle, but, but scored. Who's high the one that just went the goal. Who's the one that just kicked so much ass in something else recently after getting hurt? Simone, ba- Simone, ba- Simone. Yeah. Simone. Oh, ba- yeah. She's yeah. the greatest gymnast ever. Yeah. So she's like Simone. You just, Tua is like Simone Jean Underwood. Who's the one from Auburn that just jammed both her leg, like broke both her legs on the landing? That was gruesome. That happened for real. You, you didn't see that video? I didn't, I didn't see it. No, it no, is bananas, it. man. I think she I went must have been watching videos of Alabama's uh, female students being oh. arrested on the strip. That's the only video I've seen. Oh my God! It, if if there was some kind of GoFundMe for her, you would contribute right away. It was so sad and scary. She either went to Auburn or LSU. I can't remember. Or maybe uh, she went. First, she went somewhere like that. But anyway, it was the a big first deal. Time I'm hearing about it. You're, this, there's no, this happened today? like on the Today Show. No, this happened like six months ago. Yeah, because it it's not crazy. gymnast season. It's not gymnast season. No, it's, it's not going to be gymnast season for her for a little bit. In fact, it was, it, it, she did go to Auburn because there was some story about how she wanted, she was like determined to walk down the aisle. She was engaged or something. And she's, I don't even know if she's gotten married yet or anything. I mean, you know how the, these big so stories she are. She stuck the landing. 15. She broke both her legs. She stuck the landing and like, her legs just gave out. I mean, it, it's crazy, man. I don't like like to see it. What's that? Quentin Tarantino movie. You remember Napoleon McCallum when he got his leg bit back to the Raiders? Okay. That's, that's what it it looked like that with. Oh, all right. Well, at least you told me what not to Google when our (laughs) show is complete. Not looking at that. I don't, I've gotten to where. No, instead Google gymnast playmate. I think you'll come out better. I don't, I don't watch the football injuries anymore. I mean, I did until I did for most of my life, but starting two or three years ago, when there's a one of the horrific sports in, in, injuries in football or even basketball, when someone's leg gets completely bent the wrong way and they break their legs or whatever, I'm like, when I know that happened, I'm like, I'm not watching that again. I'm, I'm just not into it. I'll, 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 uh, I'll pray, I'll pray for the kid, but I'm not watching that again. All right, Jimmy. So let's move on here and talk a little bit about. You want to talk any about the the? I don't think we 
did we talk about the games this past weekend? I don't think we did, did we? we well, and, we only we talked at length about Alabama, Tennessee, but we didn't really touch on, yeah, you know, the shocking upset Illinois, Wisconsin, which I mean, <laughs> that's such a big upset. That's much big, much more surprising than South Carolina beating Georgia. It's, oh, it's it's, it's not even in the same horrible, area code. A horrible it's such Illinois a bad team. loss. Oh my God. I can't. I mean, I watched it too. And I was thinking it's like Wisconsin had money on the game the other way on the money line. I mean, how did you, how do you lose to that bunch? And Lovey Smith looks like he's in some kind of, I'm not going to quit. He's like in some kind of protest. You know, I'm not shaving until, uh, <laughs> you know, until uh, we, th- this, this, these animals, all the animals, in the adoption center, get homes or something. He's, you know how people go up on a billboard and say, until Tennessee wins, I'm not coming down. Well, that's what Levy Smith looks like. He's got this beard of like a survivor esque beard. And he just looks like they, they round him off the street and said, you mind coaching Illinois this weekend? He's like, I got nothing else to do. And that's, that's generally how he's been coaching too. Is like, I just, I don't have anything better to do, but this day, he coached pretty well, and Illinois played with a fire under their ass. And the, you know how it, Wisconsin lost his game. They had the lead by two, yep. and it's third and five on about the 50, and they decide for some ungodly reason, and I don't think Jonathan Taylor was in the game. They decide to pass the ball, and it was such a floater that it was intercepted about 10 yards from the last scrimmage. And um, Illinois yep. drives right down the field, just literally runs it down their throat to set up the game-winning field goal. It was – it was really amazing, and it should, for all intents and purposes, wipe Wisconsin out of the college oh, yeah. football playoff. I don't care what happens from this point forward. You you cannot lose that game and be in, if you ask me. Illinois is so bad, this win doesn't even save Lovey Smith's job. That's how bad That's Illinois has been. Yeah. This doesn't even save his job. I mean, this is just like on his way out the door, he happened to beat a top seven football team. Uh, it's no different, really, than <laughs> – then Oklahoma, if Oklahoma loses to Kansas, That's three true. less miles, Kansas, it would be less surprising if 2019 Oklahoma lost to 2018 Kansas. It, it is kind of like Levy Smith was like, okay, you're going to fire me. Well, let me just show you how good I could have been if I'd given a damn. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly like, what happened. See what that I can his, do? That was a but I didn't speech. I, <laughs> he's like, guys, just today, I'm going to coach, and we're going to see what could have been if I'd given a damn about any of you guys. And, and you know, I can see him, like, tearing up going, you all mean so little to me, I don't know what to do. It's like the anti-Lombardi speech. Maybe he mimic the uh, dude. Uh, I'll laugh every time. Some commercials are so funny, but some commercials are so funny to me. I'll laugh every time. Even after the 60th viewing, I'm still laughing. And one of those commercials for me is the football Coach uh, parody uh, where the guy's reading the label of the uh, Dos Equis beer, yeah, to his team. That is funny. You know, twelve fluid ounces. Uh, <laughs> that guy. I mean, maybe love that Smith is funny. That, did, he gave that pregame <laughs> speech in that voice. That is, oh my God! Why in the hell hadn't somebody made a gif with Lovey Smith's head on that guy, and then like showing him run out there, and then showing him beating Wisconsin? Saying, that is saying a gift. things like, "This is what you thought you were getting, <laughs> but you didn't get this. You got something else, but you thought you were getting this." But I, I just I find that that is so comical because you're right. There's, I mean, there's literally no chance you can't keep him. 
if you're Illinois. And I, in fact, I think Illinois is one of those teams, as, as an Alabama fan, this may sound kind of silly. I've always wanted to do like a home and home with Illinois. I've always thought that's a rather untapped market for us. People don't know it, but Alabama's got a good um, alumni base yeah, in they, Chicago. They I, I totally went to true. see that. I went to see the Alabama LSU game in 2015 at a, at a bar uh, for, because at the time I was the president of the local Bama club and they had a national alumni thing there. And it was slammed. I mean, wall to wall Bammers. And, you know, I was in my element. It was great. Um, but uh, it, I've always said, if we go play somebody like in Illinois, you get credit for playing a big 10 team for going on the road and you're kind of close to Chicago and that's kind of cool. And there's a story behind it. And it's just, you know, Chicago's always been a note considered a Notre Dame town anyway, but, I just thought Chicago's really got a movie. bigger population than the entire state of Alabama by far. That's right. By far more people live in Chicago. Not to say the state of Illinois. Chicago. More people live there than in the state of Alabama. You can't tell me that if you're the University of Illinois and you were good, that you can't get 15 kids out of Chicago every year. Just 15. There's, yeah. there's gotta be 15. And yeah, they should be, they should be there. They are. I wouldn't call them a sleeping giant or anything like that. They clearly don't have the will to 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 put the money in, I guess. But I'm just saying, you're right. Illinois should be a hell of a lot better than they are. But you know, if I'm a, if, if I'm one of the four diehard Illinois fans in the world, uh, Lovey Smith wins that game and says celebrate, and I might be mad. I'd be like, that now you you know that now now you do this now. I mean, now you're just showing me, you know, now you yeah. make me mad. <laughs> There's no question. I mean, it, no, you get to that point. I mean, it'd be like if, if Shula had won uh, the Iron Bowl in 2006 or something. I mean, I'd, I'd be like, oh, oh, thanks. Thanks. A little yeah, late yeah. there, bro. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, you get like, you get so numb to your, your, in terms of setting your expectations and then something like that happens. But at the same time, I always think about, you know, Mike Dubose, you know, be, you know, in the same season, in the same season, he beats Florida twice and loses to Louisiana Tech. So, football's sort of funny. Yeah, it, it it is very weird, and it's coming down to that time of year where where some really strange things happen. Yeah, um, November. All the talk about it's always about the same four teams or whatever. First of all, I think people should give those four teams a shitload of credit because it's as Wisconsin proved, it's very difficult to always be in the conversation. Correct for the national championship, number one. Correct. Number two, um, I think that uh, Wisconsin also proved that it's not just, oh, yeah, Wisconsin just cruised through this. I mean, these 11 o'clock games, you don't know. Now, I think I think Ohio State, they're favored by 14 over Wisconsin this week, and I think they're 14 points better at least than Wisconsin. However, I also believe Wisconsin does have a very good coach. I really do believe they do. Yes, he had a slip up. Um, but – it would would I be just blown away if Wisconsin beats Ohio State this weekend? No, I wouldn't. No, I mean, no. I, I really wouldn't. I expect Ohio State to win, but it, it wouldn't be shocking if Wisconsin won because Wisconsin had been, you know, really good to this point. And how about this about what you know the sport that that we love so much that we podcast about it every single day, and you guys are listening to it every single day because we love this sport so much. When we came into 2019, the national take was. You know, this sport's getting a little boring because it's Alabama and Clemson and it's everyone else. Well, now the season's half over. And yes, no one's beaten Alabama or Clemson. And maybe no one will beat Alabama or Clemson. But the two best teams in college football have been Ohio State and LSU. 
Not not oh, yeah. Alabama and Clemson. Not Alabama and Clemson. As a matter of fact, this year feels a little more wide open than other years because Penn State is pretty good. Uh, Oklahoma with the former Alabama quarterback is is really good in some ways better than they were last year. Put this defense with Kyler Murray's Oklahoma team last year, maybe they win the national title last year. So Oklahoma's good, uh, but everyone could slip up. Everyone could slip up. Clemson has almost lost. You know, Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. Alabama's quarterback is out. Uh, you know, anything can happen. And we came into the season with most of the nation going, you know, the sport's getting a little boring because it's Alabama and Clemson every year. Well, guess what? But, Maybe it'll be Alabama and Clemson at the end, but it certainly doesn't look like it today. You you actually prove both points here, I think, though, because while you're right, there is LSU in the mix and Ohio State in the mix and Oklahoma in the mix. It is essentially still the same six, seven teams, even Penn State. Yeah. A lot of people thought they got robbed a couple of years ago. Uh, but I didn't personally. They had two losses, and I think two losses, yeah. especially with one of them being bad to Iowa, I think was a, a problem for them. But um, you know, Penn State's been in the discussion for quite some time now. So the the seasons, the the college football season is been awesome, and it's still this essentially the same teams in the discussion. It's just they all have different storylines now. It's it's um, I think it's great. I mean, it's fine with me. I, I listened to a national show coming down from Birmingham this morning, and they were like, you know, it's just a shame that somebody like SMU won't have a chance to prove themselves. And I was like. It's really not. SMU can have a good year, go undefeated, and play in the you know Peach Bowl or whatever the hell they want to play in. But they don't. They're not even in the same area code. These in people terms of like the, Tim Brando that that hype these group of five teams. And and by the way, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of what SMU is doing. I, I think it's unbelievable what Central Florida did. Unbelievable. I go two years really without losing a game. That's crazy. I don't care who you're playing, but. If Tim, I'm, I'm just picking on Brando, and, and he's probably not the guy who said that SMU thing this morning on the show you were listening to. But here's my thing. You're supposed to be a football expert. If, if you have a microphone and you're talking to a national, that's not me and you. We're not football experts. It's me and you, and we're talking to, you know, 25 buddies. But <laughs> if you're a national expert, like a Tim Brando or you're on national serious radio, you you're supposed to be a football expert. Are you telling me, Mr. Football Expert, that you have watched the teams play, and in your expert football opinion, SMU is as good as Ohio State? That's what you think, because you can't be an expert, and that's your opinion. You can't, because you're not, you just disqualified yourself as an expert if that's your opinion. Yeah, if, if you give SMU 10 chances, they might beat Ohio State once, but SMU is not Ohio State. We can admire what they've done, but that doesn't mean that there is good. Who thinks that? I'll tell you who thinks that way is Tim Brando, and that's about it. I mean, there's some other folks that may agree with him just because they're fans of those certain schools. But, you know, look, when S if SMU wants to step up and, and play three power five teams in the non-conference – um, and then blow out the other teams that are in their conference. Okay, I'll maybe I'll listen. But right now, I can't. I can't take an undefeated SMU over even a two-loss Power Five no. team. I just can't. Well, do they're it. not but, as good. They're not as good. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not insulting SMU to say they're not as good as Ohio State. They're not as good as Clemson. They're not as good as Alabama. I'm not. That's hardly insulting to them. But to, 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 I think what it is is a guys like Brando. I think they miss construe the difference between best and deserves 
Correct. Maybe SMU deserves a shot because they're undefeated, but the playoff is about the four best teams, not the four that make the best or most interesting Hollywood script. You know, it, it, it's the four best teams. And if Tim, do you th- really, and, and if, if his thing is, well, if they're undefeated, how do you, how do you know they're not the best? Watch the games, Timmy. Watch the games. Watch the games with your expert eye. You really think SMU is as good as Ohio State? Considering Ohio State's entire lineup is going to be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, and SMU has two guys. I mean, so, 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 so you're, I mean, their, their quarterback is, is, is that who's doing well is, is lost his job to the actual starting quarterback at Texas, Sam Ellinger. I'm just saying, huh, that's very frustrating to me. And I'm not ripping on the group. Someday there will be a group of five team that eyeball test and everything. You go, you know what? Those dudes can play with the big boys. They can really play with the big boys. And maybe that team's coming. But so far, I have not seen one. The Central Florida team that went undefeated the first year that beat Auburn was sort of close to that, I think. But, but who believes they beat a full-strength Auburn who really cared about that game? You know. And by the way, Auburn wasn't in the playoff. They weren't one of yeah, the Yeah, they four were in the playoffs, teams. and they didn't have Carry on Johnson. I mean, just two, a couple of things that, that <laughs> you know, SEC Player of the Year, no big whoop. Um, all right, Jimmy, that's, that's probably going to do it for today. We're running out of time on our Uber conference. Is, is it, that seems – I, I like guess it. Uber conference can – I like it. Okay. I, like I was going to say it seems a little bit presumptuous, like you're the Uber it's, conference, but I think it is. It's okay. Hey, if it's got Uber on it, it just sounds good to me. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, so tomorrow we will be discussing, hopefully, uh, Eric Gilbert put donning a crimson hat at his uh, announcement ceremony. Hopefully we will. And uh, that's my pr- prediction. Can we call it a prediction? Yeah, I predict sure, Eric not? Gilbert to Alabama. I predict Eric Gilbert to Alabama uh, and uh, line it up all next to my other predictions about the game score every week, which I've yet to get exactly right. Also, you so know, we haven't tomorrow, predict, we predicted them all wins. We've both said Alabama uh, would win every week, and we've been right so far. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, hey, we're we're dead on. We, look, you can't you can beat an egg, you can beat a bush, you can't beat this podcast prognostications. Nope, uh, we're undefeated. No different than Alabama. All right, my man. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Good night.